Are you still looking for that one iodine that you can really trust? A medical doctor-endorsed product that is backed by honest research and true integrative science. Then search no further. Go to Nutramedical.com for Dr. Bill Deagle's Nutriodine, proven time and time again to be the very best iodine available for you. Nutriodine is the only Tesla-activated monatomic plasma iodine in the world. It optimizes mitochondrial function and generation of new mitochondria from totally neutralizing the venom from a desert recluse spider bite in Southern California to eliminating malaria parasites reported by medical missionaries in Central India. Dr. Bill's Nutriodine is simply the most powerful healing formula there is. Nutriodine clears the body of all known pathogens, restores it to an alkaline state, and even promotes stem cell regeneration. Order Dr. Bill's Nutriodine today at 888-212-8871 or visit us online at Nutramedical.com. This program is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today. Welcome back, and we have John W. Spring here. And, of course, John, uh, you're on uh, usually every Tuesday. You'll be back next Tuesday, so you're on. You're going to have a short hop, a hop down to next Tuesday. Now, you did get a response back from uh, President Trump. And I would like you to kind of, without, and I hope, hope, actually, although you didn't post it to me, you can send that to me because I think there's two reasons why I'd want it. Number one, we want to demonstrate his current plans of what he's going to do. And we also want to demonstrate that some of the advisors around him are not providing the high-quality information you have about the geography, the geology, and the action plan, and the immediate danger of a problem, and the danger not just of North Korea but proliferation, because we now know that Syria has apparently an underground facility that uh, is working with North Korea. We know that there's mullahs, I call the mullahs that got too much mullahs from Obama, <laughs> M-U-L-L-A-H, uh, and they're actually on site in North Korea. We don't know if there's other players like Brazil or other nations that may be down there or Venezuela. Venezuela's on the no on the no fly list, and I and I've presented information to indicate that their Russian submarines and the Chinese are in Venezuela as an affiliate of the communist socialist country of Venezuela. It's in financial collapse, but there's lots of resources there. They have seven trillion barrels of oil. They have lots of mineral resources in Venezuela. So it's a it's a it's a <clears throat> geologically <clears throat> ecologically rich country, run by a bunch of maniacs that are driving it into the ground. Yes. And the problem is you have all this advanced knowledge about the geology and geography, et cetera, which I don't believe the advisors to Trump are probably giving him all the data because he's a very smart guy. But without all the data, he's not going to make realize the immediacy of getting something done. Number two, the 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 options of what he can offer that can actually help get a deal put together when he meets Kim Jong-un in two months. So what did he say? What were the primary things that he said? Because I have a feeling he didn't go point by point of all the things you gave him. He told you what what he was doing, right? Yes, he was uh, trying to. And uh, believe you me, uh, uh, this is a rather lengthy letter. I don't think I've ever received uh, uh, a lengthy letter like this uh, from a president. Uh, it's It's very impressive. 
But uh, in, in a way... Do you think it was directly from him or one of his advisors? Well, uh, it, it, it is signed by him. Uh, wow. It, okay, well, I think you should uh, put that up. I, I don't think it's, a, it's unprofessional. I think it's very professional. And I think Trump would want the best advice. His impression, I get the impression of his intelligence and his wisdom. He wants to hear from every side, left, right, middle, uh, globalists like Mr. Cohen. He laughed when he fired him. So, well, Mr. Cohen, you're a globalist, go make billions, and then maybe you can come back. So he wants to hear from every side. Then when he analyzes the data, if he gets good data, he puts out an action plan, and then he gets things done. Right. Well, uh, if, if I could take the liberty of just reading a few sentences. Uh, uh, Dear John, thank you for taking the time to express your views regarding foreign policy and our national security. My administration is devoted to protecting the American homeland and the American people, promoting American prosperity, preserving peace through strength, and advancing American influence. My national security strategy, which he puts in parentheses as NSS, so that's going to be a, a new household word in the, in the, in the not-too-distant future, uh, describes how my administration will protect and advance these four core national interests. It is based on a clear-eyed assessment of our interests and a determination to tackle the challenges we face. It acknowledges that there are military, economic, and political competitions in which we must engage to protect the American interests and values. My administration has the confidence to compete. And uh, then he goes down further in his letter and uh, uh, he mentions that, uh, quote, uh, my administration will enhance border security and vetting and Im improve uh, transportation security. Uh, the United States has a sovereign right to determine who enters our country and under what circumstances. And this is where uh, I respond to his uh, letter in, with the following uh, in quotes. So is, is that pretty well everything he said, or does he have any more specifics about what he's going to do with North Korea in terms of the strategic plan to, to authorize the extraction of these exotic minerals from coal? And number no. two, is he going to feed the people in North Korea who are starving to death? And number three, is he going to, to, you know, other than just stopping the missile and the nuclear testing, we need to see that other parts of their industry are being supported. In other words, it's a it's an olive branch to say, look, let's let's have a get rid of the armistice, but we also have to start saying, how do we show that we really care about the North Korean people, so they can actually, in a sense, really reunify with the people that don't have parasites in their guts. Uh, none of the above. Uh, none of those were were mentioned by the president in his letter. <laughs> okay. Uh, which uh, now remember, this letter was uh, dated March seventh. In all probability, based on material that he had received months earlier. Right. So, so we have additional material. You got some very, very cogent reviews. For example, the one I think we posted last week showed two advisors that said completely technically wrong information. For example, that the nuclear material they said came from Ukraine, when in actual fact we have very good evidence that the nuclear material he's using actually came from the facility just outside Moscow. Well, uh, uh, let me just say, in terms of uh, the rocket engine, the the R, R, RD two hundred and fifty, all right, that that originated uh, from the uh, suburbs of Moscow. Right, that's because I'm aware of their RD eighty rockets. In fact, they're little in Colorado, they were building them. 
for the missions to the U.S. space station. And the problem is the Russians, uh, because they, the way they engineer and rebuild it every every year, their rockets are much more advanced than pretty well anyone else, except our recently we had a new version of the Saturn rocket systems. That's the first one in probably 30 years we redid. Uh, the Russians, though, rebuild them every year and get it better and better. So they contracted for us to build the RD-80 rockets to deliver packages and, and, and material to the International Space Station or putting things in orbit. That's, uh, that's interesting. Uh, re- regarding uh, the, the, the nuclear isotopes, uh, such as plutonium, uh, it's believed that they may be coming from Pakistan. Uh, I yeah, the Wazir is standing plant, which doesn't surprise me. And until the last two years of the Bush administration, they had access to our nuclear libraries for making material and improving the quality of fissionable and fusion uh, systems so they could miniaturize their nuclear payload. And unfortunately, our intel agency should have known this in advance, but didn't shut down the access to the library using secure codes. I can't believe that AQ Khan and the Pakistanis at Waziristan had full access until the last two years of the Bush administration. That's pretty nuts. Yes. By the way, uh, what, what was sort of interesting, uh, the very last program that you and I did together uh, uh, two weeks ago on a Tuesday in the afternoon, uh, right. shortly after 2 p.m. Uh, Pacific time, right. uh, I, I made the comment to the effect that uh, uh, there's a possibility that the South Koreans were Im- impressed with the negotiations or the meetings with uh, Kim Jong-un. And... Uh, uh, you responded uh, in a very uh, pessimistic manner, and lo and behold, uh, 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 apparently at that time, uh, the, the South Koreans uh, uh, were impressed enough with uh, Kim Jong-un to uh, uh, establish a mission to Washington to inform and invite uh, President Trump uh, to have a meeting with uh, Kim Jong-un very soon. So... Uh, <laughs> Things can change very rapidly. Oh, yeah, they can change. I, I'll tell you why they're changing, and this is actually pretty simple math. Uh, Kim Jong-un maintains the alliance of his generals by giving Rolex watches and cars, and his money's drying up. In fact, yeah. I hear from my financial sources by October, with even the current uh, regime kind of clampdowns, he'll run out of money. Now, the fact is, if we put the thumb screws on totally on the banks in, in China and elsewhere, it's not just China, by the way. They're the big player, but there's other banks and other individuals selling material to, to China, including Russia. And if we put the clamps on all these, and we know who they are. We know what their SWIFT transfer numbers and their bank accounts. We know where their location is and their GPS coordinates. We know their name, address, phone number, and their cor- corporate address and documents. We got everything on them. And if we clamp them down, guess what? He'll squeal like a pig ready for slaughter. So he's already squealing. So I honestly think there's going to be an agreement. And there isn't going to be a war. And if he just simply straightens the thumbscrews and then offers humanitarian aid like we, we should do and shared wealth. John, uh, so uh, it was wonderful you heard from the president. I'm hoping we can get good information. I have a suspicion that Donald Trump knows that there's high-quality information on this show with people like yourself that are knowledgeable to geography and geology. You have creds because you're the whistleblower for 
the uh, Cuban Missile Crisis, uh, they know that, for example, I had high-level, above-top secret clearance, so I'm not a knucklehead. I understand some of the complexities of this. And I have a feeling that a lot of the advisors around Trump had only superficial knowledge of North Korea, of the geological, geographic, and the geopolitical issues. For example, Kim Jong-un is running out of money, and he, if he doesn't get his army mobilized to do something like invade the South by October, he doesn't have enough money in Rolex watches to give his generals to keep him on their side. And he also has to have something set up that when they do get an agreement to deal with the financial and the food side of this to give humanitarian relief, because I think that should be on the table right away. Also, the idea that we're going to have, we're not going to have a war crimes, crimes tribunal and actually sue or jail or execute uh, the generals and Kim Jong-un himself, or uh, if he's coming to the table to try to work out a deal. It's like after the World War One and Two. You didn't try to take your enemies and say, hey, we're just going to kill you now because we won. Uh, you try to work on a deal where you can start getting peace between the peoples after there's enough killing. And uh, that's what I think we need to start doing. And, of course, Donald Trump pivots. He may take off even some of the people in his base because of what he's going to do, but sharing the profits with, uh, let's say, companies like even Chinese or Japanese companies that can come in there or, or engineers working uh, to share the profits of these massive uh, special minerals, uh, that are present in the coal. Uh, also, rebuilding uh, rail systems, food distribution systems, and agriculture, because the people are starving. The the army for Kim Jong Un has actually been told to forage. I mean, how can you have an army when they were told to forage and try to find food? Where are they going to find it? They got to go to farms outside more rural areas of North Korea and steal people's food in order to be able to have enough food so they don't starve to death. That's not or, an army, is it? Yeah. Or or. They might consider invading South Korea, which would be their breadbasket. Uh, if, if, if things get that, uh, that desperate, uh, the generals may say, uh, we have to invade uh, the South. Uh, I agree so, with you. But, and the thing is that if we do a preemptive strike, which some people talked about, we don't have a defense against 18,000 tube rockets heading towards Seoul. We don't have, we, we don't have a, a full on-site military defense, people don't realize the missile defense systems we gave the the uh, Japanese, I know this from the classified sources I had, and actually were at the media center in 1994, which is quite a few years ago now, that's 24 years ago, that, uh, that we didn't have defenses in Japan. We only had the Patriot system in there, and we've only started to negotiate bringing in the theater air defense, which is only layer one of a system that doesn't work. Layer two is a space-based uh, interferometry system where they put nanoparticles of 70 to 80,000 feet. And layer three is plasma Tesla weapons that actually can shoot plasma beams toward an incoming rocket or missile. And uh, that's, those systems are leaky. Uh, that's the problem. They did a missile test here in Hawaii. That was not a false test. That was a real test. And people thought it was a missile coming in from North Korea. And it wasn't. It was one of our missiles or our allies. And it was a real missile. I have actual contacts. It was a real missile coming in. So the person that hit that button that there was a missile coming in was not deceived. He actually had a positive identification of a missile coming in and hit the button. Now, they want to spin it that it was a North Korean missile. There's no evidence of that whatsoever. So this is really concerning because when people say stupid things, for example, the, system, the missile defense system in, in Hawaii is virtually identical to the layers of, of missile defense that I saw at NORAD with my good friend Colonel Lynn Wills and others within the U.S. base. Missile Defense Command, and that system had a whole bunch of layers of failsafe. So it's a pile of crap that one guy, you know, saw he just saw a button and he hit the button twice or something and it yep. went and sent out this alert. That's crap. 
Uh, the fact is, it was a missile. We did shoot it down, but we also missed other missiles we did in our tests. And that the problem is, unless they add my force layer, which is a laser interferometry system to shoot a, a, a plasma rocket, micro rocket doesn't have a big payload of fuel because it's a plasma rocket that contains these little balls that are what we call interferometry nets that actually have a ballistic net that can go for miles and grab missiles or their payloads and blow them to pieces up in, in near space. Uh, and they actually can track these from the ground using lasers. Uh, unless we have that kind of system with hypersonic uh, plasma rockets, we don't have a missile defense system. And that means we can't engage any country, Russia, China, or even sawed off North Korea firing a missile at us. And if we challenge them and actually shoot a missile, we're going to have one, of, one or more of our cities blown up. And that's going to be very embarrassing to the president if that happens and a few hundred thousand people die or more. Uh, due to our misjudgment of the danger of this problem and the fact we don't really have a fully operational missile defense system. Yeah. I, I really hope that the president is either listening or will hear, hear the, the rebroadcast of this. Right, but, and, and uh, I've spent many years studying this, okay? And because I have a techie background in almost every field and I know the guys at the U.S. Missile Defense Command, I even had uh, Jason Burgess on about nine months ago now uh, from CENTCOM, and he said back then, this is like, you know, nine months ago, the two years previous, so that's now almost three years, North Korea could strike anywhere in the United States. And so he was right. People, uh, and he was right. And the problem is when they make these foolish statements that they can't, you can actually just calculate it out based on the trajectory of the last missile they set up before all this controversy went back and forth. And Kim being scared, basically, he's scared now. Because the guy, he, when you look at his behavior, I can tell you, the man is not an irrational psychotic, Okay. He lived most of his life in Switzerland with lots of video games and toys and everything. He was basically a slightly overweight but very intelligent young man who has sort of been shoved into this position to be the so-called local dictator. He's got a bit of a hard edge, so they actually, and it was probably not only him, but his general said, you got to kill this or that relative because they're not playing the game. And when you have a tight system like this, you have to handle it very carefully, including the War Crimes Tribunal and feeding the people and deciding how you're going to stabilize it, because China didn't want to get involved with this for decades. They didn't want; they just wanted to leave that buffer zone between South Korea. And to be honest with you, it's to their benefit to denuclearize the entire peninsula. But if they don't, we're, we're going to put missiles back in there in South Korea. It'll be forced, and we're going to have not only theater air defense, we're going to have advanced first-strike weapons against China sitting in South Korea besides Japan. And that's really right on their back, back doorstep, just on the other side of the Yulan River, so it's in China's interest now to solve this, but it wasn't before. Right. Uh, well, uh, for China to have a buffer zone that's a neutral nation uh, uh, south of the Yellow River is really going to be to their advantage. And perhaps because both uh, uh, Kim and his sister uh, uh, lived in uh, Switzerland for a while, they might be receptive to the idea of turning uh, North Korea into a Switzerland, uh, a, a neutral country, basically, uh, uh, you, you would have the, the, the ski resorts. Uh, you would have the mineral resources. Uh, you could develop a technology of, of high-quality goods. Uh, which would yeah, the, listen, I, I learned something about South Korean people and North Korean people. These are genetically and physically the highest muscle-to-bone ratio on Earth. They have some of the highest natural IQ of any of the subgroups of human beings on the planet. They have superior things. They've just been in a bubble. So if you think genetically the North Koreans, they're smaller, they've been downtrodden, they've been miseducated. They take the South Koreans, these people have built one of the most powerful economies on earth in South Korea with the assistance of the West and the United States. 
If we simply did the same thing a decade or two from now, North Korea would be a powerhouse, and the people would be fed well, happy, stable, normal families, no parasites in their gut, and no intentions to kill us in the West. What would you... see and I, that's particularly pronounced in the West and here in America is polarization. Uh, yeah. For example, my plan for health care involves three aspects. And I talked to my friend Dr. Ron Klatz this morning, who's the founder of A4M, the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine. And uh, I'm a solutions guy. And I don't. I think out of the box, I'm a box agnostic because I don't really believe the left and right. So when Bernie Sanders says he wants Medicare for all, Medicare is a screw-up. What you want is something simple in healthcare, and it's the same thing with helping the South Koreans. If you're going to reinvent an economy, which will give men more jobs, because if you don't, men don't make enough money, women don't marry them, they don't have families, they don't have a stable family with a husband and wife, which is the primary unit, the only sacred thing God says was the family, not churches. And you have to reinvent what an economy is, and we have to think of this for other nations too, not necessarily breaking down borders like the globalists and saying we want a borderless world. We want to say, how can we help the North Koreans so they can have a stable society, stable families, good meals, a pen that doesn't skip, and a car that drives fine and doesn't backfire? How can we set it up so that they can, as it says in the Bible, they can plant a tree and meet the fruit thereof, and they can live in a house that they've built and stay there stably, and they have a stable economy and a stable money system so that all of a sudden it's not devalued and their, their, their economy goes to hell and nobody can even buy food in the grocery stores or live. I believe in what's called a minimum income, and I call workfare. Not welfare, and not the socialism we talked about with Bernie Sanders, we just give it to people to keep them useless. Everybody has the, the, the ability to work, and I think in North Korea, one of the problems we're going to have, <clears throat> we're modernizing society, a lot of them haven't had training, like uh, Mike Rowe from Dirty Jobs. There are six million jobs in America where people aren't even trained for them. So, part of, part of it is training, part of it is actually doing agriculture, part of it is transportation and replicating what the South has, but it's also part of inventing what we want to have in a future economy where we have robotics and artificial intelligence, right? Yes. Uh, uh, we we need to uh, understand, Dr. Deagle, that uh, uh, an economy that might work in, in one nation may not necessarily work in, a, in another nation. Oh, of course. Uh, the geography, the resources, even the talents of each people is a little different, right? Yes. For, for example, the plan that I'm, the, the economic plan that I'm uh, offering to President Trump to uh, propose to North Korea, uh, that that would not work in maybe Vietnam. Uh, uh, it, it, to some extent, it, it, it might, but I, I'd have to do some re, uh, research. You'd have, you'd have to find out if they have a special resource that can be uh, can extract trillions of dollars of money that can rebuild in the infrastructure and in other parts of the economy. Yeah, there, there's one thing that's kind of interesting. Uh, I've been doing research on anthracite coal, and uh, a Taiwanese uh, uh, entrepreneur has uh, chartered several large ships uh, to go to North Korea and uh, acquire as much anthracite coal as possible. And uh, 
I'm a little puzzled because all of this coal is going to Vietnam, which has a tropical climate, uh, which would not uh, need uh, uh, coal as a uh, heating fuel. Uh, unless they're going to reprocess the coal and pull out the, the uh, exotic minerals from the coal. Exactly. Uh, they're, they're aware of this already. Um, right, right. They might be listening to the show or have other sources of that information. The, the problem is that America has the best uh, technology, and you mentioned the chemicals. And what, what are the chemicals again? Because there's several ways of extracting it, but the chemical method is already proven science. What is that again, a chemical? Well, uh, that's uh, ammonium sulfate. Uh, right, it's real simple extraction. Now, yes. what I mentioned, because I have advanced training in chemistry, is you can do a thing called plasma centrifuge. So you actually charge the molecules up and turn them into a plasma, and because they're charged molecules in a what's called a plasma centrifuge, you can pull off molecules based on their atomic weight and their charge, and you can separate them so you can actually separate each mineral in, a, in literally a stream. Uh, and it's almost like when you do what's called a flow cytometry in a cytoculture to pull up specific proteins or molecules in, in the human biology if you're doing research in the lab. Uh, the, this other technology works, but I'm telling you, down the road, we're going to develop better and better methods of extracting and what we need to do is have total recycling. So there's no plastic in the oceans. It's all recycled. Yeah. There's no minerals. It's all put in little cubes in the storage factory. So if you want something, you don't have to mine it. You literally call up, and they'll deliver it. We need to have a system where we recycle everything. I want to see tubes literally buried in the ground recycling every object, not going to a landfill, and everything goes into little molecular cubes that will go in a factory and store it. And if you want it, they can send it to you by these air tubes underground in a matter of minutes. If you're going to need a factory, they'll deliver so many cubes. If you're going to build something with aluminum or some other metal or an iron alloy, and then deliver the micro cubes, and then boom, you build it. And, of course, you're going to see a lot of people in the future doing 3D printing of parts. In fact, in Japan, they've already started it where you can have a parts manufacturing 3D in your garage, and you're contracting to make one or two parts for a company. That's already happening in the last five years in Japan. So the future is here. And China's trying to explore this, but they're... They're trying to steal our technology rather than collaborating with us. And this is something Trump's going to deal with, is stop the predatory grabbing our copyrights and not working with us because they're very good at science, but they're very poor at inventing. And uh, I talked to people in engineering that bought companies in China, and they're terrified that if they invent something that the, the PLA doesn't like or their little local generals, they are going to end up in the Laodai prison camp tissue type for their organs to be whipped out on a a little Schwinn ice cream truck beside an airplane hauling your organs off to somebody that needs your kidneys in, uh, say, Strasbourg, France, or Atlanta, Georgia. And I, they tried to recruit me back in 87 to work on this organ procurement process because I worked in the trauma burn unit. That's why it was my practice. And I said, go to hell. I'm not going to take the organs out of somebody that fell off the side of a cliff because he's climbing and he's in a bit of a coma. We'll get his brain uh, swelling down. No, he needs to have his kidneys when we wake him up. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I like your idea uh, of uh, removing all of the, the plastics and debris uh, around the uh, ocean. Yeah. Uh, if you follow any gyre, uh, like let's say in the North Pacific Ocean, uh, it's just uh, flooded with... Uh, well, there, there's this island area there that's three times the size of Texas, and there's actually more plastic in the ocean than fish now. Now, you could actually have mobile uh, automated robotic devices out in the ocean, literally with paddles pulling the stuff in and filtering it and actually creating microcubes 
of the material that can be picked up by an, an ocean-going, even robotic machine that just say, you know, somebody cues, boom, a pallet load gets lifted off to it and bring to land. We need to recycle everything on Earth so it comes down to a space material so we can remanufacture things and we don't destroy the biosphere. And that's what we're doing with the benthic layer of the oceans. We're actually poisoning it, and our oxygen concentration has dropped from 21 to 19%. It's not carbon because we have SUVs. It's pollution that's killing the phytoplankton that can't recycle carbon dioxide to oxygen. So when I hear knuckleheads, because I was a charter member of Greenpeace 45 years ago, one of the founding members, and they try to say things that are stupid, like, oh, well, it's the reason why we're cold now is because of global warming. I said, you're an idiot, and there's no cure except the Darwin effect, which means you're going to have to die because you're so stupid, and you don't even ask the right questions to realize we are poisoning the oceans with industrial pollution and we're not recycling. That's our big problem. It's not carbon. It's not carbon from SUVs. It's the heavy metals that we're putting in the air. For example, the ozone hole that's listening and causing 73% increase in UVB, C, and D is caused mainly by post-geriatric nuclear reactors that are venting off isotopes in the air. It's not chlorofluorocarbons because you can't have a, a brick float in a pool. It goes to the bottom. Chlorofluorocarbons are too freaking heavy to be up in the upper atmosphere, but nitric oxide and radiotoxins do get up there. And these radiotoxins chill up the ozone layer. But people don't know astrophysics and advanced uh, plasma chemistry, and as a result, they're idiots. They're, they're giving stupid policy that's dangerous. That's why I think we need to first think, when Trump is beating them, how can we make people have a better life? How can we make you people and the generals and Kim not worry about a war tribes tribunal? How can we share in the wealth of this? How can we make a stable biosphere? Because uh, I honestly think Kim and his family could be, in a sense, the the progenitors of the minerals that allow us to have, we call, you know, uh, you know, the Jetson type of air cars, you know? Exactly. By the way, uh, uh, most people don't realize this, but uh, uh, in terms of uh, generating heat or absorbing heat, uh, there's one element uh, more detrimental than carbon uh, dioxide, if, which I don't think is detrimental, and that is yeah. water vapor. Right. Uh, there's more water vapor in our atmosphere than uh, carbon exactly. dioxide. Exactly. And that absorbs far more heat uh, uh, than carbon dioxide. Exactly. Yeah, amazing. That's uh, simple physics and mathematics. This little problem of North Korea is actually a problem that you can, you know, twist the elements like a video game, and you can apply this to whether you're going to fix Syria and the Middle East, which is a devastated place. One of the big things that's driven most of the people of the Middle East isn't a religion. It's devastation due to the lack of primary water because the West wants to persecute people and make them not think that there's oasis water here in California, for example, or in other countries, and it's driving people out to the Europe and other countries that bring their culture with them, and it's often very old culture that's hundreds of years uh, in, the, in the boondocks, and they don't integrate like oil and water mixed with us. So, no, they don't assimilate uh, e e at all. E each each uh, area, like North Korea is going to have trouble even assimilating with South Korea because the people are basically not trained probably in, in uh, we call uh, the regular blue-collar things like plumbing and welding and building infrastructure and bridges. Uh, they need to build agricultural things and infrastructure, and we need to train them. So, in a sense, we have to collaborate with people like China and others to actually 
bring in training schools and set them up so we can train these people to actually support their own infrastructure and build their society. We also have to start setting up tech centers because they're not stupid people. They're just basically been in the dark ages. They've been in a, a, a bizarre, you know, mind control state bubble for, you know, six decades. Well, you have to recall uh, before the hostilities uh, began a few years back that uh, uh, North Koreans uh, uh, were allowing uh, South Koreans to uh, have uh, facilities uh, on their side of the border and take advantage of ch- uh, cheaper labor. Uh, <coughs> uh, and, and that seemed to work out uh, fairly well, and p- possibly uh, uh, Seoul and Pyongyang might uh, expand that. In the- well, they already do it already. Apparently they license their workers to go to other countries like the Middle East, like go to Bahrain or Arab Emirates, and they're actually North Koreans working in these other countries. Yes. Well, but... but- uh, this is more like uh, ha- having a, a maquiladora, uh, uh, like we have along the, the border with Mexico, uh, uh, where you have a, a factory uh, just on the Mexican side of the border uh, manufacturing American goods uh, with American technology, but uh, Mexican labor. Yeah, we had one of our radio experts on la- uh, last year talking about the uh, the program in the 1940s where we actually would bust people over and they'd be workers here and we'd bust them back so they don't die in the desert and we would maintain, we'd sequester keep half of their wages until they went back home and it worked out very nicely I'm trying to remember the name of the specific program, the Bracero program yeah, Yeah. and this Bracero program worked very well I think we could be creative here with North Korea and actually create an environment that fosters their intelligence, their talents, their abilities it also wouldn't scare the hell out of the, of the Chinese. The Chinese, for some reason or other, multi-track it. They want to buy our movie theaters and control the content of our movies and sell us popcorn. On the other hand, they're weaponizing these islands in the South China Sea like they're going to get ready for war with us and the Japanese. And remember now, all of our allies there, including Vietnam, are very nervous because the Chinese are getting extremely aggressive. Like even with, with, with the Philippines, which I found kind of bizarre because when they went to the Philippines, the Philippine prime minister was getting rid of the drug dealers. He said, hey, just make a deal with me. You guys got all the money and technology. You got the, well, We have the oil here in the Philippines. We don't need to do a territorial fight. Come on in and develop it, and we'll share the profits. I mean, how logical is that to just make a deal? Yeah. Right? By the, by the way, <laughs> you, you mentioned Japanese, and uh, would you believe, uh, I think it was during the uh, early 1960s, I met some Japanese uh, people who were actually braceros, uh, that came from Japan uh, to work the fields here in Southern California. You're kidding? So, yeah, it's true. It wasn't just they weren't just coming from Mexico. We were getting braceros from uh, Japan. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. And by the by the way, this is another interesting thing. People know I posted up some videos yesterday that the country of China is uh, is fake. They don't have a strong economy. They don't have a, a, as high a GDP that they think. They have a high unemployment rate. They're using shark loans for half the loans of their country. Uh, a lot of the things that they have their own internal documents, they don't believe uh, what's going on in China. And they have a lot of unemployed people that live in these ant kind of places and almost in underground in absolutely obscene conditions. And a lot of them are coming back from America, Canada, and European countries and Britain. And they're going back to their home country and they can't get a job, especially if they don't rate high on these social networks that the PLA are collaborating with Silicon Valley companies. Now, 
we need to realize that we don't want to let these these Silicon Valley companies use these laboratories of China or North Korea to be create a I call a matrix where they subjugate people and monitor them, and if they don't show a high score in their social network with a totalitarian regime, they don't get ahead. We want to make it so it's more humane. In other words, we have to yes. to work on every aspect of this to make it. Hey, the generals are happy. They're getting their Rolex watches. They get a good meal that doesn't have worms in it. They don't need to worry about that. We're going to bomb them because we have our bombers flying over them. And the Chinese don't need to be terrified that we're eventually going to get a, a missile defense system because I'm going to tell you right now, with Trump in the office, in the next seven years, if he gets all the money he needs, he'll have a missile defense system that will be impervious to anybody attacking us with any missile. At that point, it's, it's a game changer. And at that point, also means we need to start collaborating with other our allies, including what uh, Linda LaRouche talked about, giving the systems to our potential enemies so nobody uses missiles on each other and it becomes a humane place to live on Earth. How's that? Yes. That sounds good. Uh, uh, one, one thing I wanted to mention about uh, uh, China, uh, yeah. it's more a question of being politically correct. Uh, high up in the hierarchy of the uh, Chinese Communist Party, uh, rather than uh, one's uh, uh, actual competence. Yeah, exactly. A lot of it's uh, the politicking, but it looks like Xi, who's actually trained at the University of South Carolina, and he's basically, in a sense, a, a part American. And he understands the Western culture. He also knows that the deficiencies of underestimating America and the West and their inventiveness and their creativity. We, we want to make a deal. I mean, we want reciprocal trade with China. We don't want them to pollute the hell out of the oceans, which they're doing now. Most of their rivers and waterways and airways, if you go to the big cities like Beijing, there's so much rubber dust and plastics and other chemicals. You can get inches on your car if you're there for an afternoon. I talked to my friends that have traveled recently to China. It's disgusting. And the, and the environment's so toxic, they're not going to have normal kids. And people don't understand, even when they move to a two-child policy, they can't deal with their stupid one-child policy they put in the 70s. So they had so many old people, they got one person, child, it's going to have to take care of two sick older parents and four sick grandparents as they're still alive. It's a stupid move that they made, and now they have an excess of 124 million Chinese males, and it's only in the rural areas where the females weren't killed, and they stuffed rice in their mouth and let them suffocate. So now they're trying to force them out of the rural areas, which is another stupid policy, to these giant empty cities they built, another stupid policy in China. So China is not as powerful as, as we think, and the policies of these communists are wrong-headed. It's stupid what they've done. Yes. Of course, we have our own problems uh, here with the opioids. Uh. That's easy to solve. I'm an expert on pain. I'm writing a, an article and a book on pain this year because I've actually broken the pain code. The primary pain gate is Langerhans gate in your skin. Opioids need to work in your skin, not in your thalamus and your subthalamic nuclei. It creates addictions and downregulates dopaminergic pathways. That's so the cool. problem is the doctors don't know and understand brain cytochemistry or the interactions that control the A-delta and C-fiber regulation of pain and neuromuscular responses. And because people are not scientists, I am. Uh, they are malignantly dangerous, and, and they're over-prescribing narcotics, which should only be used for a short period of time. They should move into interventions to stop the pain gate, the primary gate being the Langerhans gate in the skin and the dorsal root ganglion and the ascending thalamic tracts. When you get to the higher gates and you give narcotics, you make someone addicted to higher and higher doses, but your own brain releases dynorphins and beta-endorphin that's 40 to 60,000 times stronger than any morphine compound, but it's local to the one nuclei rather than spreads out the whole brain so it doesn't have cognitive effects. So 
the problem is we have non-scientists that are in the medical profession. Yeah. I personally think no one should graduate medical school unless you defend a medical Ph.D., and if you don't have the brains to do it, you shouldn't be able to practice. You should never get a specialty until you're a generalist. Absolutely. And if you can't, and, and if you don't show that you maintain that level of competence with continuing education, you should be restricted in the things you can do. You know, maybe you're physically not capable when you're 70 to do the surgery, but maybe you get the brains to actually do case review and consulting. That's what I do now. I'm retired. Yeah. I don't want to get up in the morning and work all night long in the ICU. I, you know, it would kill me. But I got I got more experience in brains than all the doctors out there, and it disturbs me that they don't they're not scientists. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, we have too many glorif- uh, MDs who are glorified nurses. And, and, uh, yeah, glorified nurses, and they are white coated drug salesmen. Yeah, but uh, we, we we must uh, get a word to Washington, specifically the White House, and I hope that uh, he has yeah. now that well, deal with. Well, I want you to put a nice letter together to Donald. I always think President Donald Trump is a man who will listen to various opinions. He's intelligent. He'll figure out what he wants to do. He'll take from that menu and say, hey, you know what? This little combination, like this recipe to make a really good stew or whatever, will work. But he has to look at every aspect, the human aspect, the industrial aspect, the training aspect, the environmental aspect, uh, everything in order to make a new type of North Korea that's a stable place, a safe place for people to live and grow up and have nice families. You're right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Have you proved your brain chemistry? Dr. Bill's Cognition Plus is truly the smarter in an hour pill. A combination of amino acids, trace minerals, and B vitamins, Cognition Plus is made with specialized herbal extracts that will enhance and support brain function. Our customers say, I feel more focused. My memory's getting better. I can work longer with more useful hours. Power up your neurotransmitters that have been depleted, like dopamine and norepinephrine. Simulate the release of others, like serotonin and oxytocin. Improve circulation and energy production. Protect your mind and your loved ones today. Order Dr. Bill Deagle's Cognition Plus at 888-212-8871 or go online to NutriMedical.com. That's 888-212-8871 or NutriMedical.com. And listen to the NutriMedical Report on the Genesis Radio Network with open lines every weekday. NutriMedical.com, bringing nutrition and medicine together.